Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers one minute at a time. I couldn't think of something funny to say. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us today from The Matrix Minute is Phil Dragish. Hi. Hello. Hi, everybody. I am here and it's Lord of the Rings. This is This is an important movie for me, I have to say. Yeah, we're excited to talk about it with yeah. you. Yeah. Awesome. You got some you got some good stuff this week. I do. I can't believe how how lucky I got with this. It's amazing. It's fantastic. <laughs> We're talking about minute 51 which starts with the fell beast uh soaring over the marshes and ends with Legolas hopping over a little stream in Fangorn Forest. Yes. Uh and in between there we get some some roars. Uh we get Gimli being a little gross. <laughs> uh and Gollum saying that they're close to the Black Gate. But I don't see no mountains in the distance. Well, well it's a big place, you know? It's yeah. Huge. I mean, the close, close, I guess, is pretty relative to Gollum. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Because he's walked, he's walked this way before. Oh, yeah. man, this guy's been walking so many years, so many decades. But yeah, he says, he says that the, the Black Gates are close, and I don't really buy it. And I don't know what you mean by close, Gollum. <laughs> Closer than it was a couple days ago. Every step it gets closer. <laughs> well, if you do look at the, uh, you know, that wonderful wide shot where the Nazgul and the fell beast uh, just fly by, you can see some. You get you get to see the the mountains of of, of Mordor over there, mm-hmm. the Moranon. Um, so we talked a lot about the fell beast last week. Yes, uh, yes. It's Our so guest really was cool. very excited to yes, talk about the yes. fell beast. <laughs> I'm super excited to talk about them too. <laughs> I like. The more I look at it, the more I don't really know what I'm looking at, but it, it makes it, it's really cool looking. Oh, so it's, I, I, yeah. Um, you're talking about the, the the big giant, the steed, the steed that the wraith yes, is yes. going on. Yeah, that, that is uh, a wonderful, wonderful creature that was uh, designed by uh, the guys over at Weta. But I just wanted to say that, um, the, it, you know, people like to call these things dragons or uh, drakes or... Even like, um, what would you like, uh, something like that. But um, what they are described in, um, now here's the thing. Uh, I don't think anybody knows this, but I did something with, uh, you know, with the Lord of the Rings book uh, in audio form. So I have so much information and this is something that I have never expected myself to actually have so much of. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and so knowing the books as I do, and uh, Tolkien's writing, as I do, um, uh, this th- these creatures are age old, and uh, they're they were there from th- since the beginning in some kind of dark crevice of the world that Sauron found them in, and he actually uh, fed them. In the book, it says like you know foul meats and got them to grow into just uh, gigantic sizes that they wouldn't naturally do, mm-hmm. and. Those are and those are like remnants of an ancient past from something that Tolkien hints at, and that's what the ste- that's what the Nazgul were given, uh, just right, really recently as steeds. 
instead of the horses that died in Rivendell. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Because I guess they were, for the movie adaptation, they were really concerned that people wouldn't understand that these are actually the same wraiths that followed them in the Shire. People would have assumed that those wraiths died in Rivendell and that these are new ones. Yeah. I guess. So they went back and forth about whether or not to include a ring wraith in this movie. And whether or not to just save the Witch King's return for Return of the King completely. Did they? I and seeing Wraiths. I didn't know that. That's that's Yeah, they talk about Peter Jackson talks about it on the commentary and uh in the production commentary they talk about it a little bit too. Being unsure and in some initial uh tests, uh some of their audience being a little unsure whether or not these were the same like this is one of the same ring wraiths that attacked them. Look at that. In the Fellowship of the Ring. That's something I didn't Because know. I mean you see them wash down the river. That's true, that's true. Um, that brings us to an interesting, uh, just topic really quickly. I just wanted to mention, um, when I was a little kid, uh, this is the first time. And, and when I was first introduced to like Tolkien's work, um, it happened to be the Ralph Bakshi 1978 animated version. This was in 2000 and is at a local library. And the funniest thing is. I had no idea what was going on in that movie at all. <laughs> and it's it's funny because word for word, uh, the Bakshi version is more accurate to the book uh, than uh, the one that we're watching now, the one that we all know, which but is... But still doesn't have Glorfindel. <laughs> it still doesn't have Glorfindel. And it doesn't make... Like this movie, what I love about this movie and what is an amazing achievement by how they approached writing this is that they took into account how this would be translated uh, and um, seen by people who have no idea what this uh, whole world is about. And so Mm. they, they had to, you know, they had to look into this with a very critical eye on how and where to explain uh, the necessary things to get people along on this journey. Right, because what works on a page where you can explain something for like an entire chapter doesn't work in a movie. No, right? no, you, 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 that's what that's the magic of, or you know, that's the uh, that's the burden of the film, which is you only have a set amount of time, right? And you have to, you know, lay out information and be entertaining and have an emotional, like, yeah, underbelly. The, mm-hmm. I mean, the best way I the, the way I always think of it, like the difference between a book and a movie is no matter what, a book always has the time to tell you, but a movie has to cut everything down so it can only show you. It, like, distills all the um, exposition into, like, a couple shots. Yeah, you, you, so, like, you need, you don't just have a description on a page of, like, what this thing is. Like, you need to, it needs to come across, one, that it is some sort of ancient creature, which I think the Tattered Wings helps come across. Mm -hmm. You need to communicate the size. And if you compare the size of this thing to like the scale you're looking at, its wingspan is comparable to like a 747. Yeah. 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 This thing is gigantic. Right. But like its main body isn't isn't really all that much bigger than like a Clydesdale horse. Mm -hmm. And then its wingspan is like a jet. Yeah. And what I love about that is that they actually tried to put it into a realistic uh um, right world like and you know something that huge 
not only would have to be super light, but would have to realistically be that kind of thin in the middle with the huge wingspan to be able to to fly. And I, that's what I love so much about this whole uh, this whole movie. Uh, and when I say movie, I mean all three of them is mm-hmm. that they approached yeah. it in in that that way. That it's uh, you know it's they you know like I think you guys probably talked about this before, where Peter Jackson probably like at the beginning of the shoot and beginning of when they were designing the film. He said he wanted it to feel like it was uh, a real place and this was a historical mm-hmm. uh, reenactment that they were doing. And yeah. they were actually, yeah, they were actually um, not making something up, but actually, you know, excavating and doing amazing research to get them as 100% accurate as they could in a visual sense. Yeah. And I think I think they passed that by, like, you know, flying colors. That's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the, the amount of work they put into, like, contacting like real expert, real experts on Tolkien's work and not just like people who work for the studio going out and making the movie right. is, is oh, really yeah. a testament to like how much Peter Jackson really wanted to make sure that this worked out. Like having a linguist on set yeah. all the time. Having yeah. multiple linguists <laughs> yeah. on set. Like mm-hmm. making sure that everyone can pronounce their Elvish properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah. I, I mess it up all the time. Uh, <laughs> Oh, as, as, you. as you'll find in our, in our Silmarillion no means, reviews, uh, in our, 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 our one chapter at a time Silmarillion on our weekend edition. I, I butcher elven names constantly. Um, hey, it's hard. You know, it's, it's difficult. It is. It is. Not an easy it's language. really difficult to keep it straight when, you know, my first language is not elvish. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. And not only just elvish, there's Quenya, there's Sindarin, there's Sylvan. Right. There's what you gonna do? What you gonna do, man? There's like <laughs> thirty dialects of Elvish. Yeah. What accents? How do you stress those words? Mm-hmm. Right. And in different kinds of Elvish, the different like accent marks mean different things. Yep. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thanks, anyway, Tolkien. To you go... giant nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to go back real quick to the Ringray thing because when I was watching Ralph Bakshi's movie, I'm sorry, I'm really you know like just kind of moving this along really slowly but uh the point was i had no idea and in fact i thought that the ring wraiths that died in uh the, the ford uh of, the, of bruinen mm-hmm. um i thought that they transformed into the orcs later on <laughs> in, in the year 2000 because they were both used they, they i don't know if you've seen the 1978 ralph bakshi movie but not in a very a long of, time <laughs> well, uh, they use a combination of uh, key animation, which is hand-drawn animation with reference, with um, uh, rotoscoping, mm-hmm. which is you know tracing the motions and acting uh, uh, video footage that they filmed, and they used another technique, which was sort of just high-contrast uh, Xerox scanning of uh, footage that they just shot. So there was no animation involved; it was just a technical process. And the orcs and the ring race were done in that technique. So oh. I thought they were one and the same. <laughs> I literally thought they were one and the same. No one explained this in the film. It was a nightmare. <laughs> and, it, it, and it's a literal one because when you're watching it, it really feels like a psychedelic dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll, we'll have a psychedelic dream at the end of the week. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I haven't seen that. I, I don't think I've seen that Ralph, ba- Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings since uh, before, the, before these movies came out. I think I was in middle school when I saw that the last time. <laughs> Because uh, one of my teachers just had the the Hobbit and the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings and the Return of the King just on their shelf in the room to like watch on days where there was nothing going on. 
Oh man. So oh, I remember I remember we watched the Hobbit one a lot in quiet time, like in the library or just in class when there was God, nothing to do. There's nothing well, like well that that one makes sense though. That right. one is just straightforward it had an adaptation, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the the Ralph Bakshi one is just like some of it is a little nightmarish and some of it, like <laughs> looking back at images of it, are like, What? Like the Balrog looks really out of place. Yeah, a couple He's weeks amazing. ago we uh, He's amazing. we looked up the because I have never seen the Bakshi Lord of the Rings. I've only seen um the uh oh god, I can't remember the, the name of the studio that did the Hobbit, but I've only seen that animator. Rankin Bass. Yeah, Rankin Bass. And a bunch of those animators went on to work for Studio Ghibli, which yeah. is cool. Um That's amazing. But we were talking about Treebeard and the in the commentary they were talking about like the Treebeard design in the Bakshi movie and I was like, Oh, okay, it can't be that bad and we looked it up and I was just like, Oh, it's it's pretty terrible. Um, yeah, well, as Peter Jackson said, it was a walking carrot. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a carrot man with little bushes on his head. It's fantastic. I love it. I'm sorry. Like for me, it's just, I just love it because of the, you know, because of the the way it was designed and the yeah. way, the whole movie that is. The yeah. whole movie is just, I don't want to say it's a disaster because. I mean, it's not. It is, but. <laughs> Maybe it is, uh, but um, but there's I have I have some emotional ties towards it, and but not only that, I'm, I'm really quickly just wanted to mention that um, it uh, it they tried, you know, it was a great valiant effort. It was a valiant effort, and um, it just it just, right. it just didn't make the cut. Because the intention of that Ralph Bakshi one was that they were going to do two. They yeah, absolutely. And so it, it kind of ends in an awkward place, and then they just never made another one, and then Rankin-Bass made a Return of the King movie. Yeah. Uh, that one's so arguably confusing. worse. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, rank, the, the Return of the King movie is, like, really scattered. Because mm. it's trying to fill in a bunch of stuff that, like, between The Hobbit and Return of the King, like... <laughs> and, like, assuming uh, that people have seen the Ralph Bakshi one, but also <laughs> trying to, like fill in gaps even if they hadn't and it's just like gets really convoluted i just the the i have really vivid i have like really vivid images in my mind of like individual things from the ralph bakshi lord of the rings Mm. because i always found it hard to watch because the animation doesn't match because like the bakshi one yeah yeah because you have all this like there's the rotoscoping and the keyframe and like normal animation and then like the xeroxing and sometimes they share (laughs) scenes together Yes, yes, yes. So it just, it, things look really out of place. Oh, I love it. I love it, though. It's like you're I watching four it. cartoons that have run into each other. That sounds interesting. I know, I know, I know. It's so good. <laughs> we got to review that. At yeah, some we do have to review that at some point. <laughs> we did The Hobbit. That. We got to uh, review the, the Ralph yeah. Bakshi Lord of the Rings. Because so much of the design of this movie is descended from that Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. I have to say, uh, Ralph Bakshi... He was, uh, you know, he was a pioneer in getting this ad, you know, getting an adapt, an, ad, an adaptation of this thing going. And I feel like he is a little bit, and he complains about this a, a lot. You know, if you see him talk about it, he does kind of complain about it. And I feel like, eh, justifiably so, that he did something with it. You know, he made an adaptation that actually happened. Mm-hmm. And because um, there were lot, there's lots of adaptations that never got made that yeah. people wrote scripts for and oh, you got guys, close did you to guys making. Talk about that one, did you guys talk about those? The the fifties one and the one that with the Beatles and the one. <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. John Borman. 
Oh, uh, we, John we, Borman's one. We, oh, we want to like watch Excalibur and like talk about the John <laughs> Borman, um, That's Lord a of the whole, Rings at some point. We want to we want to get there eventually. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that one. It's, list reading that it was was eye opening. It was it was eye opening. I need to yeah. we need to find the John Borman script because we tried to track it down at one point, but we we haven't been successful in tracking it down. Oh, guys, good luck. Please do. <laughs> um. Because I'm so curious. I'm so curious. Yeah. In a really morbid way. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the Ralph Bakshi one, I just have to mention this because I was involved in it at some point. Uh, I don't think there's maybe like, maybe 0.1, not 0.1, 1% of the viewers that you might have might know about the the dub over that... (laughs) that I and uh, a couple friends of mine did back in 2007 to 2009. It was on YouTube for for quite some time, and it, we actually dubbed over the entire uh, Bakshi Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> in a parody uh, kind of way. And I happen to have done, you know, 60% of the voices on those, and it's it's kind of like a review in itself because we're we're just not only are we saying nonsense in that whole thing. There, by the way, there is a highlight reel on YouTube. Anybody li- that's listening, you can actually go to YouTube and write Lord Philok because that was my username at the time. And just <laughs> Lord of the Rings dub. If you write Lord of the Rings Bakshi dub, you'll find something and uh, you'll hear how ridiculous and stupid it sounds. That's amazing. So there you go. Cool. <laughs> it was the whole movie too. It was actually longer than the film. You know how there's abridged um, parody mm-hmm. dubs of anime and stuff like that ours is lengthened because we actually added stuff into it <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah that's awesome so we get a <laughs> getting back to this minute um there's another yeah, one of really those kind of sidetracked one <laughs> another one of those really nice like frodo and sam moments because sam like sees that frodo is trying to pull the ring out and put it on and he grabs frodo's hand and like just holds on to it I have a question yes. about that, though, because, like, he's reaching for it with one hand, but he has two hands. It's not like right. his other arm is paralyzed. Um, so if right, he's Sam's that, not, like, holding both right, of his hands. Right, if he's that insistent on it, like, wouldn't he just be like, okay, well, I got I got two hands. I can just... Yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, I can kind of answer that. I mean, it's just a reflex action when it comes to Frodo, because mm-hmm. he's... Because the ring is the thing that's, um, you know, as they get closer to Mordor, the ring becomes more active and more right. aware of the situation. And uh, the way that the ring operates is that it um, envelops uh, your, you know, your 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 will to right. itself, and it it does it, you know, like it literally does want Frodo to put on the ring, and Frodo's. Um, you know his resolution. His, is that how you say it? resolution? His um, his resolve. Yes, his resolve is just yeah. slowly being attacked by the ring's resolve. Yeah, he's and, he's and, downgraded and, from HD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, he goes so low res. You know, near the end, he's, he's you know he's just going down to you know he's probably at like you know six forty p at the moment. Um, <laughs> so. Um, and, and that's why he, you know, it's, it's an unwilling thing. It's not, it's out of his control. He just, you know, the ring is telling him, put me on, put me on because mm-hmm. the wraith is here and it, you know, and if, if one of the Nazgul is there, I mean, it's, it's all over if he puts it on. Right. And that's what yeah. the ring wants. Because 
Gollum and Sam aren't going to kill this thing. And the hand that reaches, like his, I believe it's his right hand. His left hand is the one that reaches. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to. Because he's laying on his left side. Right. That's the side that got stabbed, right? Yes. Okay. So is it just like a Nazgul blade? Oh yeah, that's a that's a recurring thing in the book as well, um, and I'm sure because they they obviously use the book as a huge um, influence. And, and obviously, um, it is every time there is a Nazgul somewhere in the vicinity, he feels that wound when he gets stabbed. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I wonder how much of uh, Frodo's Nazgul scar was like the inspiration for Harry's scar. Oh man, I never know. thought of that. We should talk about never that made that the connection. Harry Potter people, right? Because <laughs> I mean, it, it it's very much like the same sort of deal, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's why when Sam just holds Frodo's hand, uh, his other hand isn't really going anywhere because I think Frodo then you know gets a grip on himself. And yeah. He's like, oh no no. Yeah. Do that. Sam Sam grounds him back into like right. you know remembering yes. what he's doing. It just seems like like. If they were insistently looking for the ring, I feel like the ring would be more insistent about Frodo putting it on. At but this it's point. Uh, it's about the strength of mind of a hobbit. Yeah, yeah. Man, hobbits are. Well, as Elrond said, I mean, you guys went through Fellowship of the Ring minute. You know, he's very great resilience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's I mean, you know, that's part of the plan. You know, Gandalf had a had a really good uh, inkling there. You know, sending a hobbit. This is why. Even, I mean, Gollum had the ring for so long, and even Gollum is like, Gollum's not trying to take the ring from Frodo and put it on. He just wants to get away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah so Gollum has Gollum's control. Gollum is has a very strong will. He's just had the ring for so long. I love the way he says wraiths on wings. It's right? so like it's it's silly, but in a like a scare. Like he's clearly very scared. Right. I just like. Oh, it's like yeah. Wraiths, wraiths on wings. Yeah. It's like yeah. If you, it's like if you're like in a horror parade at Macy's and it's like wraiths, there they are, wraiths on wings. <laughs> you know, or I mean, like if you do the golem, wraiths on wings. <laughs> that was a good golem. That was real good. Thank you. <sighs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I. I I, I don't know, maybe another small percentage of people that might have heard of an audiobook. I did the, I did the Lord of the Rings audiobook, so I did all the voices. So, And, and you know, the part of the reason why I actually did it was because if I couldn't do Gollum, I'm not going to do it. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I'll do it. I know I'm sad that that got taken down because that sounds like amazing right? and it oh, sounds yeah, like it well, took you a really long time to work on. No, it was. It was. Uh, it was. As many people have told me, it was a labor of love. And uh, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, I did a Lord of the Rings audiobook, unabridged, um, sound effects, music, all the stuff that I felt like I could do myself. You know, by mixing it, by collecting foley effects, doing recording foley myself, and mixing in the soundtrack of Lord of the Rings into it to make an appropriate thing. And uh, I did, and I wanted to do it unabridged. I wanted to do it word for word. And uh, so, it, yeah, it was a huge, it was like a huge, wonderful thing for me to do. Um, and uh, just to make things brief, uh, it took me three years to do. And it was, it was fun and it was put on YouTube. And, you know, because it's an audiobook and, it, and it's different than other audiobooks, uh, at least I think so, um, it didn't, you know, it, nothing happened to it until very recently, which is, you know, completely fine because... Yeah. Uh, I'm. I acknowledge that it's not. Uh, it's not exactly. <clears throat> yeah, 
uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but um, but I'm but you know in a way I'm glad that it sort of just kind of cooled down in terms of popularity because you know uh, it's it's a nice little hidden gem that other people can actually find somewhere I don't know where but uh, yeah yeah uh, for sure I, I did that I I did an audiobook so I. I, I know most of these things, you know, with the, you know, like I have these images in from the book in my head, which is why I know quite a bit of this of this movie. Yeah. But it's also because, yeah, but it's also because um, I was influenced by Lord of the Rings quite a bit because, you know, it came out in 2001 in December and mm -hmm. I was just uh, 12 when it came out. I didn't get to see the first one in theaters, uh, but I got to see it on DVD in 2002. And uh, let me tell you, I really, I really dug it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, and, I don't know, like, I feel like the nice thing about this show for me personally is, like, getting to interact and meet people who were around the same age, like, because I was, like, 11 when these came out, and I didn't see them in theaters, but my dad was, like, really into the books and stuff, so I had to read oh, the books nice. before I saw the movie, and... My favorite thing is talking to other people who have the, like, enthusiasm for these movies. And maybe it's been a while, but, like, it's, it's like, a part of us. So I like connecting with all these different people who have, like, really cool stories and, like, interacting with the source material and the movies and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I'm your man. I'm your man. Yeah, I mean, for we got, sure. We got, we got <laughs> f four more of these. So we can, we can talk just, you know, just mention it and i can i can explain things to you awesome definitely yeah i have and a good feeling about this week right <laughs> uh, <laughs> <have a good> <laughs> <laughs> and then uh then this minute shifts to back to fangorn forest mm -hmm. back to our back to our hunting trio yes and gimli does something kind of gross it's the first thing we see when we get back to fangorn <laughs> close up he, close up of blood on a leaf and gimli just Picks him up with his finger and licks it. Hasn't he ever taken a science class? You're not supposed to eat anything that you don't know what it is. I mean, the doctor oh, would disagree. I mean, he's an alien. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what is this? Taste it. I know exactly what this is. Yeah. But it's such a good cutaway, though. Like, yeah. from this from this terrifying scene, uh, this full of tension in you know in the the black marshes and it just cuts away into this 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 forest and then you have Gimli there he is he's got to inspect this you got to you know look at this what is this this ink no it's orc blood <laughs> and he's tasted orc blood before i guess of course he has yeah what did he do I like in it <laughs> fought some orcs and then he was looking at his axe and he's just like i really wonder i'm sure i mean He's pretty old. He's killed some orcs in his time. They yeah. just killed a bunch of Urukai. Yeah. Like one of Urukai blood five tastes days different. ago. I don't know. Maybe it probably tastes different because they're different. Right. <laughs> they're like half men. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't tasted enough blood <laughs> say, uh, to differentiate. I guess it would taste like licorice. Between human and uh, yeah, between human and animal. So I guess you know, I think I think they're all the same. Yeah. Let's just go with that. And then, uh, and then this minute ends with Legolas like hopping over a little stream. They're trying to, they're still following the trail. Aragorn's mm. still following Merry and Pippin's trail through the woods. He must have been real confused when he found one of Treebeard's footprints. Yeah, like what is that? What the oh, hell? It's like Bigfoot. <laughs> mm. I would actually, I would think that uh, Treebeard's footprints, because you know, well, in this movie, uh, the design is that his toes kind of grab onto the soil, that it wouldn't. 
wouldn't be able to make any kind of real like impression of anything. Mm. What do you think? Maybe just a couple of little holes, you know? He's so heavy though, and like the steps would have to make impressions in the earth because he's so big. You got a point there. Yeah. And if he's, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Like Mm. if he's grabbing with his like root tendrils too, like he would bring up. Some yeah, when he picks up his foot, yeah. he would pull Earth up with him. Hmm. That's know. true. Yeah, mounds, bunch but, of little dirt mounds. Yeah. yeah, is this the first time? Sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time we get to see the three guys um, actually in Fangorn Forest? Yeah, this is when we see them in Fangorn because last time we saw them, okay. uh, they were on the border of it. Gimli was just like, "What madness drove them in there?" Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Gimli guys, does not want to be uh, in this woods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have to make a a little bit of a statement here, and I because I did those Lord of the Rings audiobooks and it took you know three years of my time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This was this is 2010 to 2013, and since and we had a huge uh, Lord of the Rings marathon of the extended editions at my place back in November 2009. You know, with my friends on a big big projector, it was great and fun. Since then, I have not seen the films that's fine (laughs) so that so it has been almost nine years since i've seen these movies and i told myself i'm waiting until i get a good opportunity to watch on a big screen but for this podcast i made an exception and i'm watching these five minute segments you know all all these minutes that we have Mm -hmm. together so i made an exception Hmm. it's (laughs) really it's so it's so interesting seeing these again because i haven't seen them in so long yeah out of context too just like smack dab mm. in the middle of the movie. Well, not yeah. in the middle, because I guess at the beginning of the movie, because it's almost mm-hmm. four hours long. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing the extendeds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. Because otherwise, <laughs> in a I good mean, way. Like, we could do the theatrical, but we just have more experience with the extended, and otherwise we'd be talking about the extended anyway, so it just feels... It's true, yeah. It's just, yeah. just, just you know, go the full Monty. Yeah. And like so much of the, the extra material and like the commentaries and everything is included on the extended edition DVDs. Mm-hmm. So it's just an easier yeah. process all around. Mm-hmm. Although a much longer one. Yes. Yes. Very long. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think that's. Yeah. I think that covers this minute, minute pretty well. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Phil. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. But why? <laughs> where can people? Where where can we find? Where where what? can our listeners find you? <laughs> right. Well, you can find me on uh, another podcast that we're doing. It's called The Matrix Minute. It's where I say stuff like The Matrix Minute in a very scary voice, <laughs> and um, it's it's over yonder on the Matrix Minute dot one. Uh, dot one because neo is the one so there we go the matrix minute dot one uh and there you go that's that's where the podcast is uh my name is phil dragish you can just google that and you'll find out a lot of things about me and um that's d-r-a-g-a-s-h um and uh that's it awesome awesome glad to be here yeah glad to have you if you're interested if our listeners are interested in some other duelinggenre.com productions you can go to duelinggenre.com Find all of our backlog episodes as well as a bunch of other podcasts. And if you're so inclined, you can support us on Patreon, which for $5 a month, you get almost all of uh, the Dueling Genre podcasts, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, mm-hmm. episodes. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. There's a whole, there's like, I think there's over 100 
episodes of different stuff on our Patreon. Not just us, but like the other hosts. Yeah, we, we haven't we haven't done a hundred extra episodes. Oh my god, I would uh, die. Um, <laughs> we've done like twenty. Uh. <laughs> but uh, check us out there. And special thanks to our Patreon associate producer Ed Foster. Thanks again for joining us today, Phil. We had a lot of fun. Yay. I hope you had fun. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. And I hope everyone has a good Monday. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk about more about Bank uh, Workforce. Yeah. Bye. Bye.